Hello and welcome to another sharing of God's Word. We're very glad you decided to join us. I hope you've been having a good week so far. Today we're going to be sharing something pretty special, a reminder of God's love and mercy and grace towards us. I'm sure for some of us it will be a valuable reminder. But I'm also thinking that many of you that are connecting with us may have not yet experienced God's grace. I hope that by the end of this very short message that you're able to understand what God's grace is. And at the very least, that you will try to get a little closer to God in response to His great love and care for you. But we'll talk a little bit more about that later. For the moment, let's talk a little bit about our prayer focus today. One of the greatest things we can do when coming to pray to God is asking Him to forgive our sins and wrongs. God exalts the humble, those people that are ready to look for Him with a humble and contrite heart. It would be good to take a moment and think a bit about you know, some of the wrong things you may have done, and ask the Lord to forgive you. He is ready to forgive, no matter what you have done wrong. He wants to help you turn over a new page, a new leaf, to start fresh, to help you with your shortcomings. And listen, we all have our shortcomings, in one way or another. So let's take a moment, each one of us, to just pray for a few moments for His wonderful forgiveness, so He can extend His mercy upon us. Only you know what needs to be said and why. And I encourage you to just take this time to think, to meditate, and to pray for Him so that you have forgiveness. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, um, I humbly come before you, Lord, to ask you to please forgive my sins. Lord, you know it all. You know it through and through, Lord. You know, you know what I've done. Lord, you know what I've thought of. So many different things, and I just come humbly before you to ask for your forgiveness, Lord. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the forgiveness that we have through Him. Thank you, O Lord, that you want to forgive us, that you desire to forgive us, Lord, that all you want is just for us to have that humble heart, that for us to just want to have the desire to come to you and to bring this before you. I pray in the name of Jesus now, Lord, that you may please guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you may help us to understand what we need to understand, Lord God. Uh, Heavenly Father, you may just continue to work in each of our lives. I pray for each one of our listeners, Lord God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may, that you may just guide them and you may enlighten them, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today, we want to take a brave look at God's grace. I think it's important to understand it a little better so we can take advantage of the great opportunity the Lord gives us through His love and grace. It's very important to value God's grace so we get a better understanding of who He is, what He wants to do in our lives, or has done if you've decided to follow Jesus already. Sometimes we just need to be reminded so we stay focused. Our scripture reading today is found in Joshua chapter 20, and it says like this, The Lord also spoke to Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he flees to one of these cities and stands at the entrance of the gate of the city and declares his case in the hearing of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city as one of them, and give him a place that he may dwell among them. Then if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not deliver the slayer into his hand, because he struck his neighbor unintentionally, but did not hate him beforehand. 
and he shall dwell in that city until he stands before the congregation for judgment, and until the death of the one who is high priest in those days. Then the slayer may return and come to his own city and his own house to the city from which he fled. So they appointed Kedesh in Galilee, in the mountains of Naphtali, Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim, and Kerjath Arba, which is Hebron, in the mountains of Judah. And on the other side of the Jordan, by Jericho eastward, they assigned Bezer in the wilderness on the plain, from the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth in Gilead, from the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Bashan, from the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger who dwelt among them, that whoever killed a person accidentally might flee there and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. God's grace was not as open yesterday or in those days as it is today through what is called the dispensation of grace through Jesus Christ. It wasn't that God was waiting to punish every little thing like people make it sound either. The difference is that the door was not as open for us, the Gentiles, and people could take matters into their own hands. The Bible teaches us what was allowed in the past. For instance, Leviticus chapter 24 says this, which many of you may be familiar with. If a man causes disfigurement of his neighbor, as he has done, so it shall be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as he has caused disfigurement of a man, so shall it be done to him. And whoever kills an animal shall restore it, but whoever kills a man shall be put to death. Now, let's get something clear here. The intent of this passage was not to justify revenge. God has never entitled man to take revenge. The purpose was that if someone did something wrong to you, that you could return that same action right back so that the other person could understand what you went through and that there may be repentance. It's actually quite logical, and if people were to think in these terms before doing something wrong, they would probably think twice before going ahead and hurting someone somehow. Like for instance, a liar never likes to be lied to. A thief does not like for someone to steal from them. An adulterer cannot stand the idea that their spouse cheat on them. No one likes for the wrong they do to others to come back to them in the same manner. This goes hand in hand with what Jesus taught which is known by many as the golden rule, to treat others the way you want to be treated. The other thing we need to keep in mind is that God's grace is immeasurable and very difficult to understand. In the passage we read today, it explains that a person who killed someone else completely by accident had the opportunity to save their life by fleeing to one of these cities of refuge. It was a limited form of grace. The person did kill someone. And by the letter of the law, they deserve to die. But because it was a complete accident, something even more benign than what the law in the United States refers to as involuntary manslaughter, for instance, where a person is killed by accident, but through negligence or carelessness, they were granted a level of grace where they faced no punishment. Obviously, if it was proven that they in fact did something completely by accident. Now, some would still prefer to have the eye-for-an-eye type of social behavior. But, if that were still in effect before the eyes of God, then we would not enjoy today God's goodness and incredible mercy. If we were to go back to that, then salvation would be very far away from everyone. 
There was no salvation before the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And just as important, which is still reality today, when a person has not yet received God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ and become part of his people, that person is still an enemy of God. And if you are an enemy of God, then you belong to someone else, and that's Satan. It's a harsh reality, but it's the truth. That's why it's so important to come to Christ so you stop being God's enemy. The Bible teaches us this in Romans chapter 5. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Jesus Christ reconciles us with God through the forgiveness of sins. When we repent and convert from all of our sins and we surrender our lives to Jesus, accepting him as our Lord, we become children of God, completely reconciled, forgiven, and made part of the kingdom of God. God's love is amazing. For it is written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God acted in mercy and grace in his love toward us. He did not act in the justice he is completely entitled to, in keeping with the eye for an eye practice. If we were his enemies, then as enemies we should have been eliminated, sentenced to die in an eternal hell. But instead, he acted in love. This is what the Bible also teaches us in Ephesians chapter 2. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The Bible also says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's grace is unbelievable when you really start to understand what has been done. It is something wonderful and completely undeserved. But we can never take this great and generous gift for granted. God's grace is awesome and His forgiveness is hard to fathom. But the salvation we have through Jesus Christ can never be disrespected or taken for granted. It is not a license to sin like many people have turned it into. And considering the mercy we are given through the Lord, it is absolutely more than fair to understand that God's grace cannot be abused. For it is also written, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fire indignation which will devour the adversaries. 
Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? We are not perfect, and we will not be perfect while on this planet. Even after we come to Christ, we will continue making mistakes, but the reason for why God bestowed on us His grace is so that we can leave behind those things that ultimately destroy us, which is our sin. His desire is to transform us, to turn us into works of art. He is in the business of taking something broken and destroyed without value and turning it into something wonderful and beautiful and ultimately making it perfect. One day, if we continue following Him faithfully, when all of this is past, we will be made perfect and apt to live eternally and forever. We will, he will make us immortals just as He is. We will take on the likeness of Christ, but we need to allow His Word and His Holy Spirit to have their way in us, one step at a time. So, if you truly value God's grace and have experienced it, I hope you're reflecting that in your daily walk with Him, in letting Him continue to change you, transforming you into the likeness of Jesus. It's not easy because we need to deny ourselves in order for that to happen. And if you have not yet experienced God's grace, I encourage you to give God a chance to do something unimaginable in your life. But you will never know what He is able to do unless you experience His saving grace through His Son Jesus Christ by surrendering your life to Him fully and completely. Before we pray, I would like to offer this. If you haven't yet asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, or if you've strayed away and need to come back, I would encourage you to take this opportunity to do so, to come to the Christ. God loves you. And despite your sin, He is more than interested in saving you, in changing your life, in doing something wonderful. Give Him a chance and surrender your life to Him. If you do it with all of your heart, the miracle will happen. God will come into your life. You just need to repent and convert from all of your sins. Believe that Jesus died for you on the cross. Believe that God the Father raised Him from the dead at the third day and ask Him to come into your heart. If that's you, pray this prayer together with me with all of your heart and confess it with your mouth. Say like this, Lord God, please forgive me for all of my sins. I want to turn away from them and convert to you. I believe with all of my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord, my God, and my Savior. That He died for me on the cross and that He was buried. But you, Father, raised Him from the dead at the third day. I want the Lord Jesus to come into my heart. I surrender completely. Thank you, God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would be very happy to hear from you. Please write to us. We would love to continue helping you in this new beginning. May God bless you. 
The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world.